This is a Legacy of Laughs comedy from the golden age of radio, brought to you by RelicRadio.com. We present Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband, a new series based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, two people who live together and like it. Starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. And now let's look in on the cool guts and see what they're doing. Oh, but hold your hats. Liz and George are having an argument about their plans for the evening. Liz wants to go to a symphony concert, and George wants to have a poker game. And in this corner, wearing a peak satin house coat and weighing 120 pounds, battling Liz Cougat. And in this corner, wearing a gray pinstripe suit and weighing 170 pounds, is her husband, Gorgeous George. <laughs> well, the first round ended in a draw, and here comes the second round. They come out of the corners fighting. Concert. Poker. Concert. Poker. Concert. Poker. Poker. Concert. All right, we'll go to the concert. Now, wait a minute. Lose that concert. Well, I didn't mean it. I was tricked into it. Oh, gee whiz, Liz. Well, why are we arguing so much lately? Well, it's all your fault. Whenever I want to do something, you want to do something else. I don't get it. When we first met, you wanted to do everything I wanted to do. Now, what happened to change that? We got married. Oh, come on to the concert, George. It'll be fun. Think how long it's been since you've worn your tuxedo. Oh, that will be great fun. Now, look, I'm not going, but uh, purely as a matter of information, why do men have to wear formal clothes to a concert? Because when they fall asleep, the stiff shirt keeps them from slumping over. (laughs) Well, now I know. I can play poker with a clear mind. (laughs) Now, what's the matter? You don't love me. You wish you were married to a poker player. Oh, now, honey, I do not. I can see it all now. The bride looked lovely in a white satin gown, sleeve bands, and a green eye shade. <laughs> oh, Liz, please calm down, honey. I'm sorry I upset you. And then will you go to the concert? No. All right, George Cougar. I'll go to the concert by myself. Okay. And I hope Leopold falls flat on his Stokowski. <laughs> I'm going to play poker. Oh, go ahead and play poker. I hope your partner trumps your full house. Oh, Mrs. Cougar, can I get you some lunch? Lunch? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Katie. I'm going to a woman's club luncheon. So you better make me a nice big sandwich. I know what you mean. Well, who's going to speak today? A marriage consultant named Professor Milmoth. He's going to talk to us about happy marriages. I'm so upset about that argument George and I had, I don't even feel like going. Well, why don't you stay home? Oh, I can't. I have to sit on the speaker's platform as an example of a woman who's been happily married for ten years. Oh, well, it'll be worthwhile if he knows what he's talking about. Oh, certainly he knows. He's been happily married eight times. (laughs) I don't know if that qualifies him or not. I've been married six times, and I'm no expert. Six times? I didn't know that, Katie. Let's see. First there was Peter, Harold, Oscar. Then came Orville, Egelbert, and Yancey. Well, congratulations. How can you remember all the names? 
Oh, it's easy. When they're in the right order, their first initials spell phooey. <laughs> Katie, you always told me your first husband was named Clarence. He was. I left him out. Why? Because you can't spell phooey with a C. <laughs> well, if the professor sounds like he needs help, I'll send him to you. <laughs> Ladies, quiet, please, ladies. Girls, it is my pleasure to present to you one of the world's greatest authorities on successful and happy marriages, Professor Philpot Milmark. <laughs> Professor Milmark, that's you. They're waiting. <laughs> ladies, uh... Pardon me till I take a swallow of coffee. Mm. There. <clears throat> <laughs> Ladies, I speak to you today on one of the most wonderful of human achievements, a happy marriage. <laughs> well, don't take that plate. I haven't finished that pastry. <laughs> now, ladies, the trouble with most marriages Lies with you. Oh, I don't agree with that, Marge. How about the husband? You said it. Right from the beginning, you must realize that the answer to the question about love, honor, and obey is, I do, not who does. <laughs> Let us consider for a moment the arguments between husbands and wives. Now we're getting someplace. Now, mm. Most of these arguments are caused by the husband and the wife having varied interests. Wanting to do a different thing. You know, Marge, that's exactly why George and I had an argument this morning. If there are any of you who have had an argument for this reason recently, hold up your hand. Well, I see all of you have your hand up. <laughs> so we will proceed to the remedy. This ought to be good. Be a pal to your husband. Learn to like the things he likes. Be interested in his hobbies. For this way lies peace and happiness in marriage. Uh, I'd like to ask a question, Professor. Oh, certainly. Does this system really work? Oh, you have only to read the testimonials in my book, which will be sold at the door as you leave, 79 cents. <laughs> well, but, Professor, why does it have to be the woman who gives in? A very interesting question. The answer... Lies in my book, which will be sold at the door as you leave. 79, 79 cents, I know, yes. <laughs> Let me quote from page 65. Quote, Be your husband's best friend. Be like his dog. You'll never hear a man arguing with his dog. <laughs> but, Professor, I... I haven't finished. Oh, I'm sorry. Unquote. <laughs> Yes? Professor, I'm going to try your system. Almost. What do you mean, almost? Well, I don't mind running out to greet my husband when he whistles, or even running and jumping into his lap, but I'll be darned if I'll sit on the floor and lick his hand while he's eating dinner. <laughs> Pop 
pardon me, Mrs. Cougar, but Mr. Cougar just came home. You asked me to tell you. Oh, thanks, Katie. I've been studying Professor Milmoss's book all afternoon. Oh, then you learned something from him? Yes. The way to get along with your husband is to let him treat you like a dog. <laughs> did he say that? Well, not exactly, Katie. What he did say was that a wife should be a pal to her husband. She should like everything that he's interested in. That wouldn't have worked with my first husband. Why not? He was interested in a little blonde waitress. <laughs> oh, fine. Well, I think it'll work with George. You know, Katie, our marriage might have been ruined by my attitude. I'm going to be a pal to George. Well, he's in there reading the paper. Good. I'll start in by reading the paper with him, the part he likes. Wish me luck. Hello, George. How's my little husband tonight? Your little husband is fine, and he is not going to that concert. Oh, who cares about an old concert anyway? Give me part of the paper, honey. All right. Here's the society page. Society page? Oh, give me something interesting. Where's the sports page? Sports page? Mm-hmm. I've never seen you read the sport page. Well, I never miss it. Give it to me. I'll read it to you. Yeah, this should be interesting. Here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see now. Uh, Williams Bags Crown by Taco and Ape. Taco. Mm-hmm. That's T-K-O. <laughs> well, how would you pronounce it? Technical knockout. Oh. Well, I never cared much for basketball anyway. <laughs> I see. Oh, well, now here's something I didn't know about. Midget racing. What about it? They ought to be ashamed making those little men run around the track. <laughs> Ted Husey. And you didn't think I knew anything about sports. <laughs> Tell me, Red Barber, what else is new in the sports world? Oh, my goodness. This is even worse. They're racing little girls. This I've got to see. It says so right here. Yesterday at Tanperan, a race was won by a three-year-old maiden. <laughs> you can't fight a thing like this. You've just got to let it go. Well, she certainly was carrying a lot of money for a little girl... She had $2,000 in her purse. <laughs> Liz, that would do credit to Grantland Rice. To what? Haven't you ever heard of Grantland Rice? Certainly I've heard of Grantland Rice, but I never tasted it. <laughs> oh, Liz. George. George, I have something to tell you. I'm not going to the concert tonight. Oh, you're not? No. No, George, I'm, I'm going to be a real pal to you, sharing the same thing. I'm going to stay home and play poker with you and the boy. What? <laughs> but, Liz, you don't know how to play poker. Well, I'm going to learn how. I've got a whole hour before they get here. Oh, no. Well, now that you're all here, we might as well get started with the game, huh, fellas? Yeah. Uh... You're sure you guys don't mind if Liz plays with us? Oh, no. We're delighted. Aren't we, Corey? Wouldn't miss it for the world. Well, batter up. Batter. <laughs> oh, let's start. You deal, Joe. Well, all right. <laughs> Isn't this fun? I love playing poker. All right, Liz. It's up to you. What is? You start. Start what? You pass? Pass who? Can you open? Open what? What have you got in your hand? Any pairs? No, they're all different numbers. Can anybody open? No. All right, throw your cards in. 
Hmm. Funny thing, they were all different numbers, but they were all the same suit. (laughs) Your deal, Corey. Do I have to? Oh, well. Ooh, a queen. Liz. Ooh, there's another. There's a sister. Liz, you're supposed to keep your cards a secret. What did you get, Joe? I shouldn't talk, but tell your two Andrews sisters not to wait up for Laverne. (laughs) All right, I open for two. I'm in. I'm in. Put in two chips, Liz. Okay. There you are. Cards? They're in your hand. (laughs) Now, give me two. Three. How many cards do you want, Liz? Oh, do I get more? You throw away the worst cards in your hand and try to draw better ones. Why? Because that's the way you play poker. Oh, well, uh, which one shall I throw away? The two queens or the three fives? Oh. <laughs> well, what, what are you pushing all the chips over to me for? Because as much as I hate to admit it, you win. I do? Oh, this is fun. Come on, deal them again. I could play poker all night. <laughs> oh, Corey, I'm glad you came over. I don't know what to do about Liz. This pal business is driving me crazy. She's still acting like your shadow, huh? Is she? Yesterday, she spent the whole day at the bank. Said she wanted to learn all about my business. Did she find out anything? Yes, she found out how to lock our president, Mr. Atterbury, in the vault. Oh, brother. Was he mad? I don't know. I couldn't get him out till this morning. (laughs) I'm licked, Corey. I'm going on a camping trip over the weekend to get rid of her. Wait a minute, George. I have a wonderful idea. Take Liz on that trip with you. Very funny. Oh, I'm serious. Take her with you and work her head off. By the time she's hiked through the woods, waded through icy streams, and slept on the cold ground, she'll be plenty sick of your being your boon companion. Corey, that's a great idea. I'll try it. If I don't kill this thing some way, she'll be buying us mother and daughter sunsuits. Let's clear up a misconception about NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Although NATO is a military alliance of freedom-loving nations, it is not in violation of the United Nations Charter. For the UN specifically permits its member nations to band together in smaller groups to safeguard their independence. That's why, ever since NATO was founded back in April 1949, it has been a help to the UN rather than a source of embarrassment. Because NATO, like the United Nations is helping to maintain the peace and has served as a most effective deterrent to the forces of aggression. Not one inch of NATO territory has been lost either through internal subversion or from military intervention in all the time that NATO has been functioning. And just as important, the NATO countries have also raised their economic self-sufficiency and standards of living to post-war highs. Is it any wonder that NATO is known as the shield of freedom and the hope of the free world? Give NATO your continuing support and interest. Learn more about its vital work, military, political, cultural, and economic. Remember, NATO is guarding your freedom. (laughs) 
now, back to my favorite husband. George is going to take Liz on a camping trip to discourage her from being his inseparable pal. Here's a box of food I fixed for your trip, Mrs. Cougar. Well, thank you, Katie. George will put it in the car. He and Corey are packing the things in now. Oh, hey, how do you like my hunting outfit? Fine, but aren't you supposed to wear something red so the other hunters can see it? Oh, I'm wearing something red, all right, but it's long and scratchy, and the other hunters better not see it. (laughs) Mrs. Cougat, I don't know whether to tell you this or not, but I overheard something around here yesterday. Katie, you don't think I'd listen to anything you picked up by eavesdropping, do you? What was it? Well, Mr. Cougat's only taking you on this trip to make you good and sick of being his pal. He's going to run you ragged with hunting and hiking and fishing. Katie, are you sure? I was right outside the room when Cory Cartwright suggested it. That's how I got this lump on my head. (laughs) I forgot the door opened outward. Katie, I'm going to give you a day off for service above and beyond the line of duty. So it was Cory's idea, huh? Just tell him I want to see him, Katie. Anything else to go, George? Never mind. There's Brutus Cartwright now. Uh, oh, Corey, can I see you a minute, please? I'll be in the kitchen if you want. What is it, Liz? So, when I come back from this trip, I'll be sick and tired of being a pal to George, huh? How did you find out? A woman's intuition. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Something tells me your intuition can also cook. (laughs) You're a fine friend. I'm sorry, Liz. I was just trying to help George. Hmm. Is there anything I can do to make it right? Yes. This is going to be the first quadruple cross in history. You're going to help me frame George on this trip. Oh, Liz, I could I'll tell that pretty Anderson girl everything I know about you. You don't know anything about me. Don't I? I can't take a chance. I'll do it. <laughs> Good. Now, you follow us in your car, and whatever you do, keep out of sight. Now, listen, this is what I want you to do. Ah, this mountain air is wonderful. I never get enough of it. Oh, boy, isn't it great? Ah. This looks like a good trout stream. Yep, that looks like a good one. Uh, now, before we start fishing, maybe I'd better give you some instructions. Oh, George, I know how to fish. You knew how to play poker, too. Who won? <laughs> All right. Tell me how you do it, Isaac Walton. It's very simple. You just flip the pole over your head until all the thread unwinds this little spool, see? Uh-huh. And then what happens? Then all the thread falls into the water, wraps around the fish, and chokes it to death. <laughs> No, Liz, you don't choke it to death. I know. You hit it with a pole. Oh, no. Here, I'll, I'll show you how to cast. Now, take the rod in your right hand. Yeah. Now, whip it back over your head. That's it. Now, forward. Oh, George, I think I've caught something. I know. <laughs> Do you think it's a trout? No, it's a cougat. <laughs> now... Help me get the hook out of the seat of my pants. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. Take it easy or you... Rip my pants. Well, George, you said you couldn't get enough of this mountain air. <laughs> oh, let's fish. If you're sure you won't get tired uh, standing out in this cold stream for hours and hours. No. George, I'll tell you what. Let's split up and see who catches the most fish. <laughs> All right. I'm going up around the bend. 
Now, look, I'll do you a favor. Now, don't go up there. It's too shallow, not enough rapids. There aren't any fish there. But it's pretty around there. Have it your way. Well, I'll see you later with a lemon. Goodbye. Let's see now. We should be right up here around the bend, I guess. Yes, over here. Oh, Corey, there you are. Have you got them? The best they had at the market. Six trout. Aren't they beauties? Wonderful. Throw them to me, Corey. Then I won't be lying when I tell George I caught them. <laughs> here, silly. Thanks. I'll see you later, Corey. Now, wait for me. Okay. I'll wait where I was before. Okay. George! George! Here I am. Hi, George. I was right, huh? Oh, it'd take a magician to catch a fish up there. Shake hands with Houdini. (laughs) What do you mean? Haven't you caught any fish yet? Have you? Only these. Only... Liz, where did you get those trout? I caught them. In a stream? Those are lake trout. They are? (laughs) Well, uh, maybe they got lost. Very strange. Well, I can't hope to beat that catch. Uh, You feel up to hiking back to camp? Sure. We can take it easy. It's pretty rough on you. Rough? Why, I can beat you back to camp any day. Oh, you can? Certainly. I tell you what, I'll race you back to camp. Oh, you're going to get smart. All right, I'll tell you what. Since I'm a man, I'll give you a head start. Since I'm a woman, I'll take it. (laughs) Goodbye, George. Goodbye. I'll be seeing you in a minute when I pass you. (laughs) Hurry up, I'll give you five minutes. Ha, ha, ha. I'll have dinner waiting when you get back. Now, where did Corey get to? I don't see him any place. Liz, how did everything go? Oh, fine, Corey, do you have your car here? Yeah, why? I'm hiking back to camp in it. Hurry before George comes trotting by. It's getting dark, Corey. Any sign of George yet? No. Gee, I hope he isn't lost. Oh, wait a minute. There he comes now, down the road. Where? I don't see anyone. Well, look a little lower. He's crawling on his hands and knees. Well, I'd better get out before he sees me. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks for everything. George, is that you? How'd it go? (sighs) That was fun, wasn't it, pal? Uh, (sighs) Nothing like hiking, is there? Uh, George, you aren't tired, are you? uh, uh, George, say something. Water. (laughs) I'm sorry, George. I used the water. I got back so early I had time to wash my hair. You got back that early? Yes, but I cheated. I ran most of the way. Oh! George, if you're that tired, you better go to bed. Remember, you promised to take me hunting at five o'clock in the morning. Now, are you sure you have everything straight, Corey? I think so, Liz. Say, how's George this morning? Oh, the poor guy. He was so tired, it was a shame to get him out of bed. Now, review this once more with me. All right. I hide up in that oak tree. Yeah. And every time you shoot, I throw down a dead duck. That's right. And if you don't, I'll be a likewise. 
Now, what if we shoot at a target? Well, you're going to choose that horseshoe attached to the fence over there. Yeah. And I'll bang this one with a rock like this. Good. Uh-oh. Get up in the tree. Here comes George. Okay, now don't worry about a thing. You! Here I am, George. Ready to go, Liz? Yes, dear. Now, here's your rifle. Oh, it's beautiful. What's the first thing I do? The first thing you do is stop looking down the barrel. <laughs> well, let's start hunting. I want to shoot some ducks. Ducks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why, there aren't any ducks within a hundred miles of here. <laughs> oh, I don't know now. These look like pretty good duck trees to me. <laughs> now you're just being stupid. You'll find ducks in swamps, not in trees. Want to bet? <laughs> Go ahead. If there's a duck in any of these trees, my name isn't George Cougat. We'll just see. Here goes. Well? What'd you say, Sam? I don't believe it. All the ducks have gone south for the winter. Well, maybe this one couldn't get a reservation. Amazing. You couldn't do that again in a million years. Of course I could. There's nothing to it. Watch. There's something very funny going on around here. What do you mean? I mean this. First, you catch lake trout in a stream. And now you've shot a duck that's marked bird's eye frozen food. Well, that's what he gets for not going south for the winter. Look, uh, we'll just shoot at something we can see, a bottle or a can. Or... Oh, wait a minute. There's a horseshoe on the fence. Horseshoe? Yeah. Oh, no, we, we don't want to shoot at that. Oh, yes, we do. But it's so little. Well, maybe you're right. Okay, you talk me into it. Here I go. My gosh, you did it. Nothing to it. Watch this one, with my eyes closed. How was that? Sensational. Especially since you were facing in the opposite direction. <laughs> I, uh, I banked it off that tree over there. Let, uh, let's see you do that again. All right. Ha-ha, <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> that was one of my slow ones. <laughs> Give me that gun, Liz. I'll show you some real fancy shooting. What kind? There's a wolf up in that tree. Uh, there is? Yes. A blonde one with a bow tie. <laughs> you know, they often climb trees to eat ducks. Now, watch this. One, two... Hold it, George! <laughs> Come on down, Corey. It's all over. Put the gun down, George. We were just having a little fun. Are you mad, George? I don't know. It was a pretty cheap trick you pulled on me. Well, it was a dirty trick you pulled on me, bringing me up here to run me ragged. Yeah, I guess it was. Oh, come on. Let's, let's make up, George. Let's not be pals or companions. Let's not even be friends anymore. Let's just go back to being man and wife. Are you asleep? 
George! I'm sound asleep. What, what's this paper pinned to his chest? Oh, it's a note. Oh. Dear pal, yes, I am asleep. I took a sleeping pill to make sure of it. Good night. Oh, isn't he cute? Good night, George. My favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.